Paul is writing the last letter uh, that he's going to write to young Timothy. We call him young Timothy. Uh, Probably at the time of this writing, he was somewhere in his early 40s, but still young in ministry and young in comparison to the Apostle Paul. And Paul finds himself in prison at Rome. He doesn't know what the future holds, although I believe at this point in his ministry that God had given him insight to know that more than likely this would be the end and that he would be going home. In fact, he told uh, the church at Philippi that he was uh, in, a, in a quandary, if you will. He was struggling with the decision saying, I have a desire to go ahead and, and leave this world and go to heaven. But he said, I know it's more needful for me to stay here for you. And he said, I'm in a strait betwixt two things and, and considering these things. And so Paul struggled with that. And uh, I believe God knew or gave him knowledge that this was probably towards the end of his ministry, towards the end of his life. So he pins these words to Timothy pretty well, I believe, knowing that this could very well be the last few things that he can share with what he called the son, uh, his son in the faith. Uh, Timothy was probably closer to the Apostle Paul than any other young person uh, or person in his ministry. And uh, uh, Paul had invested an awful lot in young Timothy. Uh, and so we get to this uh, letter that he writes. And as we get to chapter number 2, uh, he gives Timothy some challenges and some charges, uh, kind of like the mentor giving his um, his student just the last few things he's going to give him before uh, letting him launch out on his own. And so Paul begins in verse number 1 of chapter 2 by saying, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Now, Paul begins in chapter 1 giving uh, some charges to Timothy regarding sound doctrine and holding forth. uh, In verse number 13 of chapter 1, he says, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He tells them uh, in verse number eight, "Be thou therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel." And so he challenges Timothy to a ministry of what Paul refers to here as hardness, a ministry of hardness, knowing that young Timothy is getting ready to face persecution and opposition to the service that he's giving to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he challenges him in chapter number 2, and he says, Thou therefore, and anytime we see the word therefore or wherefore, we ought to go back and look ahead and see kind of what those things were. And so when you have some time, read chapter 1 so you get the context of where Paul's coming from. But Paul is challenging Timothy in this area. He says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he makes an implication to Timothy, and he pretty well spells it out pretty clearly, that Timothy, if you're going to be involved in doing God's work, there's going to be some effort that is required. 
there's going to come some times where you're going to feel like you need to just take a break or you need to take a rest from it. Or there's going to even come some times, perhaps, where you feel like since there's so much effort being given and you're frustrated with the fruit that you're seeing, that you may just get to the point where you just want to quit. And Paul, if anybody in the world had a right to look at his ministry and say there were times that I wanted to quit, you'd have to say the Apostle Paul would have come probably the closest of any other person in Scripture. Because he had certainly endured hardships, hadn't he? He had been imprisoned. He had been beaten. He had been stoned to the point where some people believe that he was actually put to death and that Christ raised him again, but uh, certainly to the point of death. He was shipwrecked and in the deep uh, for days and nights at a time. He was uh, marooned on an island. He certainly had gone through a great amount of persecution for the cause of Christ. And yet he could say with joy in his heart, having suffered all of those things, that I count all of those things but loss, that I may win Christ. He said, uh, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It doesn't matter whether Christ chooses to take my life or to keep my life. It is gain as long as I'm serving the Lord. And so he challenges young Timothy to be strong. And one of the things I believe that ought to happen in a Christian who is growing and thriving and maturing and trying to become all that the Lord would want him to become is there ought to come a point where we want to strengthen ourselves. And I remember back when my kids were born, and many of you can remember when your young people were born, and you bring them home from the hospital, and they're so fragile, aren't they? You wrap them up in the the cloth, and you hold them just so, and when you hand them to somebody, you're so worried that their head's going to just flop around, because they don't have any strength to them. And as they begin to grow, they begin to lift their heads, and then you remember the first time they rolled over in the bed, and then uh, some of you can remember the first time they begin to crawl, and then they begin to pull themselves up, and then they begin to walk. And you look at your young person, and you say, you're so proud of them, and you're so overjoyed to see these milestones of progress in their life, because they are strengthening themselves. And Paul tells Timothy that he ought to be strong in the area of ministry. And one of the things that Christians ought to pursue is to be strong in the area of service that God's given for them to do. We certainly do not want to be infants having been saved 10 or 15 or 20 years in our our lives and still be, spiritually speaking, crawling around like a little infant. And so we want to seek for God's strength. And here's how he says we do this as we look in verse number 1. He says, Now therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, it's no new thing for us to say this tonight, but certainly by way of remembrance, we understand that any strength that we have in the Christian life is only the strength that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us. Any boldness that we have to share the gospel only comes from the closeness and the relationship that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Him that works in us to will and to do of His good pleasure, the Bible says. In just a few verses, and we're not going to preach this sermon because it will be in a few weeks here, but in just a few verses later on in this chapter, he speaks of the importance of being a vessel of honor. And a vessel is made to be filled with something. And so we ought to be emptying ourselves of ourselves and being filled with the fullness of God. 
One of the greatest things we can do in our spiritual walk and growing and maturing as a Christian is to seek for the fullness of God in our lives. So Paul tells Timothy, be strong in the grace. And Timothy, you're going to find this in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not going to find it any other way. You're not going to find it in worldly promotions. You're not going to find it in uh, in some kind of a gimmick for your church services. You're not going to find it in some kind of a program. You're not going to find it in some kind of friendship. You're going to find it only through your relationship and your walk through the Lord Jesus Christ. Over the years when folks would come many times to counsel with me, one of the very first things that we would always ask, and it didn't matter what the problem was, but one of the first things we would always ask in a counseling session is, how is your relationship with God? Now, I'm not talking about family devotions, and I'm not talking about devotions with your spouse, but your, your personal walk with God. How is your personal walk with God? And without exception, I found that those that struggled with the greatest problems had drifted farther away from the Lord Jesus Christ than others. They had let those things slip, and almost invariably you would see them kind of say, well, it could be a lot better. I've, I've kind of gotten away from things. And I've often wondered why it is that during the roughest times of our life and the times that we're facing the biggest obstacles that we tend to try to, to leave the Lord Jesus Christ or walk away from the Lord Jesus Christ or in some cases get bitter at the Lord Jesus Christ instead of running to Him as our source of strength. And all of us, if we were to go around the room, could probably give examples of either folks that we know or perhaps even past times in our lives where something had happened that we really kind of got away from the Lord in that time period of our life. And Paul told Timothy, he said, listen, Timothy, there's going to come some suffering. There's going to come some problems in your life. And when those times come, you need to be strong in the grace that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Timothy, when those times come, the only place you're going to be able to survive and make it through is by running into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we grow as a Christian, there's growing pains, and there's certainly, as we begin to serve the Lord, opposition in times that people will criticize what you do. And the only place I can tell you to run is to the Lord Jesus Christ, because He's going to be where the strength is. And then he says, as he gets to verse number two, after he's told him to be strong in these things, he says, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Once we get the strength from the Lord Jesus Christ, it is the responsibility of Christians to be taking the things that they have learned, the grace that God has given to us, the light, if you will, that God has given to us, and to commit those things to other people, other men, the Bible says here, who are faithful men and who have the ability to teach others also. So we ought to be reproducing ourselves in someone else. You remember the struggle you had in growing in the Christian life from the day you got saved. And then you learned some things and then you learned some more things and you learned some more things. And Paul said, Timothy, you need to learn to pass those things along to other men. And they ought to be faithful men. And Timothy, don't just teach them the things that you've learned, but teach them to take those things and to go and teach someone else. And so we find a biblical principle here that ought to be involved in every church. And that is a principle, I call it, I like it, it's a biblical word word that we can pull it from, but a, a word that I love to use is discipleship. Discipleship. 
To take someone who uh, maybe is a new Christian or someone who has been saved for a while but has not grown very much spiritually and to sit down with them with God's word and to begin to share with them and to commit the same things that you've learned to them. Lord willing, in the future of our church, as we see people get saved, we will have folks that will take an opportunity to invest in the life of another person. And to take the things that they've learned from the Word of God and the experiences that God has taught them through and to show them the truth of God's Word and God's principle. Because the ministry is not about the building and it's not about the chairs and it's not about the parking lots and it's not about the remodeling and it's not about the Sunday school programs. The ministry is people. Investing in people. And so we take the things that God's given to us And we share them with someone else. And we commit those things to them. And we teach them and we train them. Somebody once said there's three things that make every person up. What's in our head and what's in our hearts and what's in our hands. What we know, what we are, and what we do. And really, if you take those three things, that's pretty much the makeup of a person. And we find here that... Paul challenges Timothy to deal with all three of those areas, doesn't he? Look in verse number 2. He says, "...in the things which thou hast heard of me among many witnesses..." We could say those are the things that Timothy knew, didn't he? Those were the things that Timothy knew. He said, "...the same commit thou..." What was he saying? Timothy, don't just give them knowledge. Put it in their hearts. Commit it to them. Help them to be what they ought to be for the Lord Jesus Christ. The same commit thou to faithful men who are able. Do you see the word able? Able to teach others also what they do. Timothy, you need to take what you know and instill that knowledge in them. You need to make sure you commit it to them that it's embedded in their hearts. And so that they can then take it and do the work that God's given them to do. Ephesians chapter number 4, verses 11 and 12 teaches that God has given uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And at Keith Heist Baptist Church, one of the things that we ought to constantly be doing is learning and training and studying and trying to become better prepared so that we can be an ambassador for Christ. So that we can be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Oh, that we would learn to uh, be motivated in this area of taking the things that we've learned and committing them to faithful men who are able to teach others also. And he says in verse number 3, Thou therefore endure hardness. And once again, he gives the idea to Timothy that, Timothy, it's going to come. There's no discussion here about if it's going to come. It is assumed, it is already an established fact that, Timothy, if you're doing God's work, God's way, and you have God's message, there will come opposition, there will come hardness, there will come trials. And I know people who said, I didn't sign up for this. I thought the Christian life would be great when I got it all done. And it is great. There's joy in the valley, isn't there? But there will be trials. And he tells Timothy, he says, when these things come, he says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
Paul loved to use terms that were easy for men to relate to, and he would oftentimes use illustrations of a race or athletes. A lot of times he would use things that pertain to military or to soldiers. And in this case, he uses the idea of a good soldier. And during this time, the Roman soldiers were some of the best in the world. They were well trained, they were well equipped, and they were hardened for the battle. And all that God would help to mature our church and our our members to be well trained, to be well equipped, and to endure the hardness that's going to come. He says, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And then notice this, as Paul begins to speak to Timothy, in verse number 4, he says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. We find here that there's a danger, and Paul knows full well of this danger, of a soldier who is well trained, who is well equipped, and who is hardened for the battle to become ensnared or entangled with peripheral things. These would be soldiers who become distracted with the goal and the focus of the cause. These would be perhaps soldiers who were entangled with affairs, as Paul puts it here, affairs of this life. Perhaps it's family matters. Perhaps it's other issues. And Paul says that the man that's going to be the the good soldier, that's going to endure the hardness, does not entangle himself with affairs that distracts him from doing and for fighting for the cause. And he says in verse number 4, No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may choose, please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let me ask you a question. Who hath chosen us? Who's our commander-in-chief? God. Who are we to obey implicitly? God. Is it possible for us to become ensnared with the cares of this life and to be detracted from what God wants us to do? Is it possible? And this is what Paul's getting at with Timothy. He said, Timothy, don't let it happen. Knowing that it's a possibility, be on guard for it. Watch for it. Be careful of it. Endure the hardness. There's going to come temptations your way. And there's going to become things that are involved in your life that are going to be a detriment to the cause of Christ. Paul said, Timothy, it's going to be a battle to overcome some of those things. But you've got to grit your teeth as a, a soldier that endures hardness. And you've got to get those things out of your life. And you've got to quit uh, allowing these temptations that Satan brings your way. And the things that he brings along to d- distract and to pull us from the course. You've got to fight those things and battle those things and resist those things as a soldier that endures hardness. He says in verse 5, And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. And the idea behind striving for masteries is trying to be the very best that we can be. It's the idea of a, a runner in a race. And as the fatigue begins to set in towards the end of the race, he reaches down deep. He has the discipline to press with every fiber of his being, with every ounce of strength that he has until the race is over, striving 
for the mastery of the race. And he said that if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. Timothy, there's going to come some things that Satan's going to try to tempt you with, to distract you and to derail you from the cause that God has you involved in. And the temptation is going to be to get involved in them. And you're going to look at them and there's going to be the idea in your mind, well, a little bit of this really couldn't hurt. But no matter how hard you strive to do the work for God, if you succumb to those things, Paul said the person who strives for masteries won't be crowned unless he does it lawfully. Unless he keeps himself from these things. Unless he stays focused on the goal. Years ago, my wife talked me into planting a, a flower bed in front of our house. And I did not want to do it. We were both busy and um, a lot of stuff going on. And I knew the upkeep that a flower bed would take. Those of you that have done gardens or flower beds, you all know full well it takes some work, doesn't it? You can't just plant it and walk away from it. you got to water it. You gotta weed it. You gotta make sure everything's just right. And I tried for weeks and weeks to talk her out of it and she just pushed and pushed and she said, well, she said, if you'll put it in, <laughs> man, you know what I'm gonna say here, don't you? I'll take care of it. How many of you men have heard something similar from your wives? Yes, there you go. And, uh, we put that in and put some nice plants in and some mulch. Looked really pretty. Down in Florida, we have stuff called dollar weed. I don't know if any of you know what that is. Some of you might. But it's a little bitty round green thing that pops up. And they only come up about this tall or so. And if you let them go, they can literally become so thick that they choke out anything around them. And uh, I remember coming home one day from work. And I looked over at our beautiful flower garden there and I saw one little piece of dollar weed sticking up out of the flower garden. And I said, um, I went inside and I said, uh, honey, I, there's a, a weed in the flower bed. And you said, <laughs> if I would put it in, you would take care of it. And she said, okay, I'll get to it. Well, a few days went by and I came home and that one was still there and about three or four other ones were there now. And spread out around and about a week went by and before long there was quite a few of these things and as any husband does who knew better when his wife said that on Saturday I went out there and I thought well I'll just take care of it you know and I reached down to pull the first dollar weed out and all of a sudden the mulch started pulling the long runner and it went up under some roots of one of my plants and before I was done, it had just made a mess of our flower garden. There was a little weed that wasn't dealt with. And it caused disruption of the entire flower bed. Paul was telling Timothy, he said, listen, there's going to come some trials and temptations your way. There's going to come times that worldliness and the affairs of this life are going to creep into your life and try to pull you and sway you from doing God's work God's way. And he said, Timothy, you've got to deal with them. There will be some things in your life that will hinder you from doing God's work. 
there will be some things that will take place that will quench the Holy Spirit. And when those things happen, you've got to take care of them. And if you leave them, they continue to fester and grow. I believe one of the most damaging things among Christians is a root of bitterness. Left unattended, it can go deep and can devastate a life. Perhaps it's a little weight in our life that the book of Hebrews talks about of laying aside every weight in the sin which does so easily beset us. Perhaps it's a besetting sin that comes our way. And Paul tells Timothy, he said, Timothy, you've got to be strong. You've got to be a soldier that endures hardness. The cause and the work is to take the things that you've learned and commit them to other men, faithful men that are able to teach others also. But Timothy, there's going to come things. There's going to be affairs of this life that are going to try to pull you and drag you and keep you from it. Paul said you've got to strive for masteries. and You've got to strive lawfully. Be strong in this area. Don't let these things get a hold of you. Don't let them get a grip in your life that hinder you from doing God's work. I want to ask a question, and you don't have to answer it. I want you to ask the question to yourself. What is there in your life? And I think this ought to be a question every Christian ought to ask regularly of himself. What is there in your life that is hindering you from doing God's work? If we leave here tonight, if there's one thing I want you to keep on your heart and your mind, it'd be that question. For folks, we've got a world that is lost. We've got a world that is starving. Even though they may not admit it, they are starving for the gospel. And Satan will do everything he can to keep us from it. He'll even allow things to come into our lives that we don't even realize are detracting from us sharing the gospel. What is there in your life? I'll tell you this, it'll be different for every one of us. But I don't think there's a one of us sitting here that can look in our lives and ask that question and not come up with an answer. For there will always be something that we need to deal with. There'll always be one of those little weeds in our garden, won't there? And the longer we let it go, the more it'll fester. The more it will disrupt the life. And the harder it is to start weeding them out. I've known people that have allowed things to go on in their lives. And I'll tell you, there's been times in my life that I've allowed things to go on long enough that by the time I got around to dealing with them, it was a difficult thing. One preacher said years ago, we ought to keep short accounts with God. Keep short accounts with God. The psalmist asked the Lord to seek his heart, to try his heart, and to see if there was any wicked way in him. David was so concerned with having something that would affect his life and ministry for the Lord 
that he said, Lord, even if there's something I'm not aware of, show it to me. Over the next several weeks, we're going to finish through this chapter as Paul challenges Timothy in several areas of service. But I want to leave you with this thought tonight. At the very onset, Paul challenges Timothy to be strong. To be a soldier that is not entangled or ensnared with the things of this world. So that we can commit the things that we've learned to faithful men who are able to teach others also. That's the work of the ministry. It sounds simple, but it's very difficult to do sometimes. The work of the ministry. The same commit thou to faithful men who are able to teach others also. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word. Dismiss us with your blessings. And I pray that as we go home, as we leave, that you would help us to go home with the question ringing in our ears that we'll ponder it, that we'll meditate on it, we'll consider it as we wake up in the morning and tomorrow throughout the day, that we will think on it. Lord, what is there in my life that is hindering me from doing Your work? And then, Father, help me to have the strength to deal with it. Help me to have the resolve of character, the determination to deal with it, To get the matter settled. And then with a fresh heart and a clean spirit. To seek for the empowerment and leading of the Holy Spirit to do your work again. To thrive in the area of sharing the gospel with those that have never heard. To thrive in the area of committing to faithful men. Lord, there are people in here that have different talents that you've given to them. Some may be very bold and able to share the gospel easily with others. Some maybe are nervous and worried about doing that. Perhaps they would be able to take a a younger Christian and take them under their wing and teach and to commit some things to them and to disciple them and mentor them. Lord, it may be just something as simple as helping lead music or to sing in a choir or to work in a nursery. But Lord, there's such a great work to be done. I pray that you would not allow anything in our lives that would hinder us from doing your work. So help us to be strong and help us not to be entangled with the affairs of this life. That we can please you who have chosen us to be a good soldier. Dismiss us with your blessings, we pray. Give us safety on the way home and bring us back again on Sunday. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.